Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. So my guest today is Stuart Hopkins from Dane Bank House Dental Practice. So welcome, Stuart. Welcome, thank you. Now, Stuart is also my dentist as well, and he's the sponsor of the show. So you're getting the double whammy today. So how are you feeling? How are you getting on? How, does, how is the world of dentistry since COVID or during COVID? What, what's been happening? Uh, oh, God, it's been a bit of a nightmare. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, yeah, we were, we were initially shut down um, because we weren't, we weren't classed as essential to start with. We weren't really classed as an essential service, which is a bit, a bit silly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what we what we had to do is we we had to basically still look after the patients, but without getting them on the premises. So that's an, and how do you do that? <laughs> well, we we all we all yeah, I know it's really really difficult. Um, we all got links to get into the computer system, so we could all work from home. We had um, telephone lines redirected to all our houses, so. All the dentists were basically triaging patients every single day. Then if anyone needed prescriptions, we'd, I mean, I would personally take those round to people's houses and pop them through the letterbox so that they could go and get those. Uh, but yeah, it was just, a, it was really, 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 really difficult. What about those patients maybe that needed urgent medical care? Was there many of those or maybe not so much because everywhere was closed? Um, there were a few and it took a while for them to get the urgent dental centres set up. Yeah, because uh, those are the only places that you'd be able to do any form of dental work in. Uh, but it took about, I think, about three or four weeks to get those set up. So, you, if you if you got toothache at the start of that, it was really really bad luck. Have really, it at the end. It's, 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 a, it's a case of just having to manage it with painkillers and stuff. It was yeah, it's horrible to have to Horrendous. speak to patients and say things like that. It's not not nice at all. Yeah. Um, so now I'm glad that we're uh, we're all back open and classed as an essential service now. So. So are you kind of full to, you know, back to full capacity now? Nope. No. Only working at about 50% now. Whereas all the restrictions have been lifted elsewhere, we're still, uh, we're still restricted. We still have to social distance and we still have to have added precaution and PPE in place. So when you're doing any form of fill-ins involving aerosols, uh, which obviously is water and air being sprayed about, there's a potential risk of coronavirus getting put into the air and then we can, we can breathe it all in. We have to have special masks on and gowns that we put on, uh, which are really nice in the hot weather because it's really, really sweaty. Oh, I can imagine. I, I coil and boil in the bag. <laughs> you, know, you can imagine you boil in, boil in the bag rice, your Uncle Ben's rice, it's a bit like that. Um, so when it was really hot, you'd sweating in them, but, you know, it's, it's what we had to do. Um, and then you have to shut the surgery down for a certain amount of time. It's called fallow time. Initially, it was an hour. Then it went down to about 25 minutes. So you have to factor that into your appointment time. So yeah. if you fill in, if you fill in, took you half an hour, it's fifty-five minutes, really. Yeah, yeah. Your, your 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 appointment. So all these little things that we've had to put in place, and a lot of patients weren't fully aware of what we have to do. And when you explain it, <laughs> some of them are quite surprised at all the all the added sort of cleaning and added precautions we have to take and stuff. But it's in everyone's best interest to be safe. So exactly. It's a case yeah. It's yeah. a case of, you know, they tell us we have to do it and we have to abide by the, the standard operating procedures we're given, really. That's that's kind of it. 
Yeah. So how long have you been a dentist and what got you into dentistry? Why did you want to get up close and personal with people? Uh, uh, well, next next year, it'll be actually 20 years. Wow. 20, what, that you've been I've been qualified. Yeah, I've been qualified 20 years next year. Qualified in 2002. And I don't know where that time's gone. That's absolutely crazy. That means you're really like old a, now, Stuart. You're really I know, old. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, the thing is, I've been I've been at Dane Bank House since two thousand and four. Gracious, because I know you, so it was your father's those... practice, wasn't it? And you've taken it over. Was, from yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. It was, it was yeah. my dad's practice, um, and that's that's the weird sort of thing because everyone sort of says when I was growing up, "Oh, you're going to take over in your dad's footsteps." No, not doing it. Um, and on your radar. It wasn't it just wasn't anything that I really wanted to do. Um, so I was doing. GCSEs and I did art at GCSE and um, I was I was all right at art, wasn't I? Um, and then realised I did quite well in the sciences, so I really wanted to do something in the sort of science field. So initially, I thought about being a doctor. Sort of looked into all the ins and outs of being a doctor, and it sort of seemed like it was a twenty-four-seven, three-six-five sort of job. And it was, you know, I, I kind of thought, you know, I want something with a bit more sort of flexibility, and I want a bit, I wanted to have a bit of a life outside kind of thing. That's I've probably got the impression of being a being a GP or being a doctor all wrong, but that was the impression I got of it. So Dad sat me down and had like a chat. They do. <laughs> <laughs> like you do and at that age you don't really want to listen to your dad do you it's sort of no. like what, what do you what do you know dad and anyway he, he sort of sat me down and we had a chat about it and he said you know you still got the patient care element there um and he said you know you do what you did art and I'd never thought of dentistry being an art and it was like what so he says come and come and watch come and watch me on one day so anyway I'm reluctantly <laughs> Because it's still dad talking to you. Yeah. Um, I went and I went and sort of had a had a watch and see, saw, and he was doing something fairly fairly sort of basic now in sort of dentist sort of terms. Probably back then it, it wasn't basic, but now it's sort of like a done thing. Um, and he was replacing a silver filling and changing it to a white one. I thought that's pretty cool, that is. No, <laughs> I, I don't think that's cool. As a patient, <laughs> I don't like that you idea don't, you don't at like all. It, you? <laughs> <laughs> you don't like any of it. No, nope. but no, I'd, I'd sort of because you never, unless you've seen it from the side of our point of view, you'll just see it as teeth and drilling teeth and it's you know pain and things like that. When it's it's not obviously you've got to make sure the patient's numb. Yeah. But after that, it's quite sort of you know if if you try and it's like sculpture in a way. You try yeah, and get a filling is, to, really. look like, to look like a tooth, and I'd never thought of it that way until I'd seen it from our side. Ideally, you could do with the patient. You could do with the patient's teeth coming out to work on them, though, couldn't you? Because you haven't really got much space to work in, have you? No, that's a, that's a, that's one of my ongoing jokes. That it'd be so much easier if you could leave your tooth at reception. <laughs> definitely, the patients, with definitely. Little, the patients with little mouths, yeah, big tongues, yeah, a nightmare. Okay, then. So let's discuss some common treatments and briefly what's involved. Because as you know, I love coming to the dentist. I love every treatment going. I say, yeah, yeah, I'll see the x-ray. I'll see that lovely picture of my mouth. Thank you very much. Not. I think I must be your worst patient. No, you're not. You're not by <laughs> far. You're not by far. So I think a lot of people have a fear of uh, injections, don't they? In fact, first of all, are there many patients that just say, I'll just do it without? Yeah. Yeah, I've got a few. But, but what sort of treatments do they have without an injection? Well, this is this is the thing. I don't sort of 
quite understand how they can do it. I've got some that have fillings quite regularly without being oh, up. I can feel myself falling already. All this is their choice, not mine, by the way. Yes, I know, it, I know, yeah. It, it goes through me, but um, yeah, and they say it doesn't bother them. How they know this, how they've ever got to that point, I don't know. I've even done, and this is going to make your toes curl now. Oh, go on. <laughs> I can see go on. Like, <laughs> I've, I've done a root canal on somebody. No. Yeah, without, without numbing them. Were their, were their toes curling, though, at the time? Were they no, not gripping? They, they said they didn't feel... And I, again, I can't understand whether they take their mind off somewhere or something. I, I don't quite understand it. But, no, they sit quite comfortably and just... Wow. I know. I, I can't I just, understand it. But, uh, but yeah, they've, they've, I've done that before. I think that's on... I think two or three patients I've done that on now. Uh, that must be quite nerve-wracking for you, though, Stuart, because yeah, you're yeah, extra... Yeah, yeah. Oh, my it goodness, it's, it's, it's horrible, because I don't like to hurt my patients, so... No. Um, not that dentists do like to hurt their patients, by the way, but, um, yeah, when you when you know full well you're going to be doing a procedure like that and they're not numb... Yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't like that <laughs> it, at all. Uh, it doesn't sort of sit very well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you, something like that can... For, for me, it, it makes me a little bit apprehensive. But like I say, I've, I've been qualified 20 years next year and I've, I've done, like I say, three patients with it now. So if someone else wanted it doing, yeah, yeah it wouldn't be doable. a problem now. Yeah. I'll make a promise to you, Stuart. I'll never do that to you. <laughs> no, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Well, hopefully you never have to have one anyway. I know, before. I know. So that's the, so it's the injection, isn't it? I think it's quite, you know, yeah. that's the worst okay. thing for people. But you also do sedation, <clears throat> don't you, as well? What's involved yes. with that? Uh, sedation is where you um, put um, a cannula in someone's arm, you right. find a vein and you put like a, a central line in, and then you give them um, benzodiazepines to relax them, really. So it's kind of like, because some people, some people tend to think that sedation is going to sleep and it's not. It's called conscious sedation. So you're constantly yeah. awake. Uh, because you've got to, you can't put, if, if it's deep sedation, you're going on to border, borderline, um, you know, putting them under a general. Yeah. And that's yeah. not safe. You know, you're not, yeah. you're not allowed to do that. You've got to do that in, uh, in the hospital setting. Uh, but the beauty of sedation is that patients basically don't care. You get to the point where you, you're that relaxed. But there's also an amnesic effect with it. So you kind of forget what's been done, if you know what I mean. It, sometimes patients feel like they just blink and it's over with. So they can't feel the pain, or the pain is there. They're just not aware of they it. Still have to, they still have to be numbed. Oh, I see. They're still numbing them. I thought it was an alternative. Yeah. I think no, I did sorry, think they were yeah. kind of put to sleep, to be fair. Yeah, a lot of people think that sedation is kind of going to sleep, and it's not. No. It's actually, you know, it, can't, it should be called conscious sedation, really, just to make it, you know, important that they're not actually going to sleep. But because they have that amnesic effect, they don't remember. So in their mind, they probably have had a bit of a sleep, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And how long are they under that conscious sedation for? It depends. It depends on the procedure you're doing. And I mean, if, if you need to do a procedure like a root canal, for example, we'll say that again. Yeah. Say that takes an hour, you need them to be under for an hour. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you'll slowly bring them back out of it again and make sure that they're not sedated when you when you let when them you leave the surgery home. but but yeah for, for example you know if you're taking a tooth out and the tooth out took 20 minutes obviously you know you're only going to sedate them for 20 minutes yeah and then you bring them out of it after that 
So while we're on root canal, because that's one of my fears, <laughs> as you know, a few years ago, rather than have root canal, just take my tooth out. I'm not going through that. Just take the baby out. So right. what's involved in root canal? Talk us through it so that maybe one day, if it happens to me again, I might go through with it. <laughs> okay, well, a root canal is, is only needed if you've got either infection in a tooth or you've got what's called irreversible pulpitis, where the inside of your tooth is all inflamed beyond, you know, what the tooth can sort of settle down with by itself. So, you know, putting a filling in there is not going to work. You have to sort of take... Now, people say take the nerve out. You don't, strictly speaking, take the nerve out. I think You're that's what fears the... me the most, because you think of that, yeah. you know, touching an open nerve. Yeah, it, it's quite difficult to explain, because there's not. sometimes they, they do little cross-sections of teeth and they find nerve tissue in the pulp, and sometimes they don't. So they don't fully understand how teeth work in some respects, to be honest. Um, but they know that if you take the pulp out, which is basically the blood supply, for where the tooth is, you can't get any pain at all in there again. So it's not really the nerve that you're playing with? No. No, no. that makes me feel so no. much better if yeah. I'm on it. It does. Um, so, yeah, what, what you do is you basically numb the patient up, or if you've got a patient that's really, uh, really doesn't like to be numbed and wants it done without, fine, but yeah. I wouldn't do that. Numb the patient up, and you make a little, little hole in the top of the tooth. The root canal is usually in the centre of the tooth. So whereas if you're doing a normal filling, you're just doing the top of the tooth. When you're doing a root canal, you've got to go right into the center of it. And then you go right down to the base of the tooth, right? The apex of the tooth. So you're going right through the middle of the tooth, really, if you like. You're not taking the yeah. tooth out. You're just working underneath nope. the tooth. You're basically okay. taking the inside of it out, if you like. So if, the, in, if so the inside bad. is... That's not so yeah, bad. It's not. It's not there, huh? That makes me feel so much better. I'm so glad we have this conversation, Stuart. Yeah, if you've got if you've got an abscess, for example, that's where all the pulp will be all got all have gone all necrotic and horrible. So when you drill into that, you won't actually see any nerve tissue or anything anyway. You might actually see some horrible stuff in there, um, some infection and things. And basically when you clean it all out, what was a horrible sort of sometimes you get a bit of a drainy smell in there because it's all in all bacteria and infection and stuff. When you've finished cleaning it, I know, but it's true. Uh, when you've finished cleaning it, it smells, you know, a bit more like the swimming bath. So you've, you've actually got it all nice and nice and clean and healthy again. Lovely, lovely. And then you, and then you put a fill in that basically goes right down to the base. Okay, so. then, so that's root canal. And I do honestly feel so much better about that. But don't tell me I need one just because, okay? <laughs> I don't want one. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to advanced restorative. I cannot say that word, restorative. That's it. <laughs> it's my list. <laughs> Sorry. So this is like um, a posh word, a posh word to veneers, crowns and bridges. <laughs> so what's yep. involved with that treatment, with those treatments? Um, you're getting, yeah, it's, it's, when you're doing any, any form of stuff like that, it, you're, you're involving a laboratory. So whereas right. with fillings and stuff, they're all done in-house. We have all the filling material and stuff um you know in the drawers and stuff and then we uh, we use that when you when you're doing a crown for example what you do is you take you're actually taking a bit off the outside of the entire tooth you're drilling it away or sawing it yeah, you're, drilling, or you're drilling it away so yeah. if you've got if you've got a tooth that's got a really large filling in there and then part of the tooth breaks off the side of that filling sometimes putting the filling back in because you've got less tooth there to support it, won't work. Right. So to do a crown means that you're going to actually encase it all as one again. 
Do they commonly come away, though, after so long? Do you have to have them replaced? Well, saying that, I've got patients that have had them in for 40 plus years, they've told me. And they've been okay. So, yeah. um, it all, I mean, you say for anything, 10 years is a good lifespan for anything. But if it's super glued down, then they're okay. It's fine. If it's, if, it, if it's all, well, yeah, if it's all glued in, hopefully they'll last a lifetime. That's what you aim for. Yeah. Let's talk about bridges because that was something else you gave me an option for, which again, nope, tip tooth out. I'll be, I'll be left with no <laughs> teeth at this, you know, at this point. So, um, a bridge then. Talk us through a bridge. A bridge is where you've got a gap. So what you like what me, you mind the gap. So yeah, if you if you, I mean, you can do a you can you can do a bridge pretty much anywhere in the mouth. Right. Um, if it's on if it's on back teeth, obviously it's to help with chewing. If it's on front teeth, it's usually for you know cosmetics Cosmetic, and things like yeah. that. Uh, and there's different types of bridges and things depending on what you want to do and what you want to achieve. And I mean, what you're trying to do with a bridge is you're using the teeth either side of the gap or one side of the gap, depending on what you're doing, to support a false tooth. So you can have what's called a cantilever bridge, which is attached to one side. You see you see cantilever bridges in all walks of life and things. And then you've got conventional bridges, which are attached to both sides. Right. With a false tooth in the middle. So it depends on what state the teeth are either side of the gap as to how you would sort of do it. So if you've How's got... it held down? How's that? Again, again, it's bonded in. You, you do you do sort of you either do crown preps on the teeth either side or you do sort of mini preps depending on the type of bridge you, that you were going to do because there's there's types of bridges called resin retained or maryland bridges they're called and they just have a little metal wing as opposed to it being a big full unit there's a little wing that sits on the back of a tooth or on the top of the tooth depending on how you do it and that sits on so if you've got a tooth either side of the gap that hasn't been filled before you don't want to go drilling a big massive no. chunk off that tooth so no. that's where you would that's where you would probably do your maryland or your resin retained whatever you want to call it resin retained is the more modern phrase for doing them now and they're bonded in they're not they're not removable they, they bond in yeah and again do they have like a 10-year lifespan or 15 yeah years? you say you say 10 years is pretty good that's for anything i would say yeah. 10 years is a pretty good lifespan for anything yeah, but if it's good after 10 years, you wouldn't necessarily take it out for no, no. reason. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't replace it for no reason. Now, veneers have always um, been something I'm not quite sure about. Do they file your teeth to a stump and then you kind of build up around it? No, you don't file them down to a stump because that's a crown. It right, all depends. Okay. I mean, if, I mean I, I, if patients ask me about veneers, I will always direct them to uh, the, the video or the picture of Katie Price that she put on, uh, I think it was Facebook or some sort of social media thing. And she had them done um, in Turkey, but they weren't veneers, they were, they were crowns because they were drilled down to literally nothing. There was little stumps there. So right. a veneer, all you're doing is, is, I say a veneer is like a fake fingernail. Right, okay. You're, so you're just basically putting it, on, putting it on the top. Maybe yeah. I'm getting confused with crowns then and veneers, aren't I myself, I think? Because some, some, some people call crowns full coverage veneers and stuff, so it gets a bit complicated, depending on who you know how people sort of explain it. A veneer is literally on the front of the tooth, the crown's all the way around it. Ah, didn't, you know, I didn't know that. So a veneer is literally, like you say, if, uh, a thumbnail or something, that sort of size, yeah. stuck on top of your teeth. So your teeth underneath are still there. Yeah, brilliant. Sorry, that, that's not too sorry. bad either. So I'm coming in for a root canal and I'm coming in for veneers. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. 
Um, oh, it's going to be a fun day when you come in for all this, isn't it? Oh, it is going to be a fun day. So we've talked about general fillings. So minimum minimal intervention. intervention what does that yeah. involve? What's, what sort of treatments? Quite uh, common, I would have thought. Yeah, I, I love minimal intervention. And it means exactly what it says. Do the yeah. minimum amount of intervention to make that tooth healthy. Yeah. So where, I mean, we were talking about all this, you know, crowns and things like that. Quite often, you don't need to go to the extreme of having a crown. You can do quite a lot with simply composites and ormuses and things like that, which are white fillings. But white fillings are always getting better. They're always, the, um, the technology is always improving and the characteristics and the bond strengths and things like that are always improving and getting better all the time, which means that you can push the boundary yeah of what you can do in surgery and try and preserve as much tooth tissue as you can so you know the old-fashioned black fillings yep i mean obviously i think i might still have one somewhere somewhere in my mouth obviously but um are you prone to take those out and replace with white or they just they just live forever again i've got patients who've got silver fillings in there because they are silver ones but the longer they're and in black. there they tend, to, they tend to tarnish <laughs> so they do go a black color yeah they do go a blackish sort of color yeah. Um, but this, I would never go replacing and going back to the minimal intervention thing. If you've got a silver filling in there, all right, they don't look particularly nice, but they're functional and they work. So yeah. if they're in there and they're doing, they're doing what they should, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Yeah, yeah. Leave them alone. Only drill. Only drill if you absolutely have to. Now I love and that's where minimal intervention comes in. Yeah. I love this next one, cosmetic dentistry dash smile design. And I love that because things are so modern and trendy now, aren't they? So with it. Uh, and we're talking braces <clears throat> and teeth whitening. I always think of Ross out of Friends when he had his teeth whitening. Do you remember that episode? <laughs> yeah. And it's put me off. Oh, classic. Classic. <laughs> Do you think he put too much paste on? Uh, I think, yeah, I, yeah. There's no way you could do that with bleaching. But yeah, it was, it was funny for the episode, wasn't it? Yeah, so. Uh, yeah. So you can't so, really make that mistake then? No, no, no you can't do that. Really. Okay, so uh, smile design then. <laughs> so let's talk about braces, um, because it seems that everywhere's advertising these less invas invasive braces or a cheaper version of braces. What are your thoughts on that? Is that the way to go now? It's quite a common thing at the moment. I mean, we do in-man aligner, clear aligner, and we do Invisalign at the practice. <clears throat> I don't personally do it. Right. It's me associates that do that, but... I've seen some amazing results with that. So what does it involve? What's the difference then compared to the old-fashioned brace that goes on every single tooth and you tighten the wire up? <laughs> yeah, that's what I remember because that's what yeah. I had as a kid as well. Pink, blue, um, gold. They do, they do work differently. Now, the modern braces are more aimed at a sort of cosmetic enhancement rather than a functional one. Invisalign, you could argue that they do some um, functional as well, but it's mainly... A, a cosmetic so it's it's mainly looking at the front sort of yeah six six to eight teeth really yeah whereas when you put you know you fix train tracks on and that you're actually trying to physically move teeth from one place to another to try and improve the bite and things like that which, quite is, often, which is required sometimes it's a necessity yeah. isn't it sometimes yeah when you when you're younger quite often you you know your teeth are all higgledy piggledy all over the place adults you tend to find there's there's usually you know a few teeth that just aren't quite perfectly in in the right place and that's where you know this sort of modern uh, brace work comes in i mean there are patients that you know if they haven't had a brace when they were younger and they look at these modern braces they're not suitable and they do have to have train tracks and things put on yeah 
so they're not they're not they don't work for everyone um and it depends how how severe you sort of um it's called malocclusion that's the fancy term for it when your bike doesn't sort of meet together perfectly um so it, it it all depends as to what your need would be but in a lot of cases i've seen quite a quite a bit of uh tooth movement using these modern things and i've seen some amazing results with some of the some of the um the work that they've been doing in my practice absolutely unreal but what do they look like then do they're just a similar silver kind of bracket on the front eight no 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 sorry no they, they look nothing like that they're just like a clear you wouldn't even know you got them on they're just like clear little aligners that you stick in. And can you take them you out at night, like the old-fashioned yeah. brace that you'd have as a child? Yeah, but we, we we would normally recommend you wear them, you know, as much as possible to move the teeth. But, you know, you can wear them and you can go around and talk to people and things like that and people won't know you've got them in. And how long is invisible. the process with those braces? Again, it depends on each individual, but it probably ranges from about three months to... I think six months tops, I think some of them are. It's, it's aimed at, like I say, you know, moving the odd tooth here and there rather than, you know, really, really shifting someone's teeth around all over the place. So it, it's aimed at, you know, doing it in quite a short space of time. And that's what patients, you know, they don't want to, you know, when you, when you get a bit older, the last thing you want is train tracks on usually. Yeah, totally. People, yeah. people, people want invisible stuff. You know, they want these things done without people knowing that they've had them done. So <clears throat> this is where all this modern stuff comes in. And I'm sure they're going to get better and better. And I bet it wouldn't surprise me if at some point, you know, the train tracks become a thing of the past. I don't know, but yeah, um, it wouldn't surprise me with all the all the modern sort of work that's going on. Yeah, and all the advances and stuff. Okay, then. So, what's the most common treatment? Do you think that people come in and ask for that don't? have toothache or something like that what's the most common treatment uh probably people just want to see the hygienist and have them clean to be honest right you know they've, they've got a bit of staining and stuff they just want them spruced up in that sort of respect quite nothing, often nothing too exciting <clears throat> what about no, people really, that obviously a necessity then what's the most common treatment that's required again i would say seeing you know um it's mainly sort of gum gum health and fillings really yeah, uh, they're the sort of you know things that we do the most of. So seeing the hygienist and getting everything all nice and clean. I mean that's your foundations to everything. So <clears throat> you know you see the you see the hygienist and get your teeth or yeah, if there's any you know calculus tartar buildup whatever you want to call it, bleeding gums and stuff. Get that all sorted so that your foundations are good. And then you know you do your nice fillings on top. And then yeah, patient is is happy and you try and keep it as simple as that. Really, that's what you try and do. You hear people saying, you know, if you don't floss, you might as well not clean your teeth. Is that true? Oh my god. You gosh, have to clean it every single surface. I don't floss Sorry? every day. <laughs> you need to clean every single surface of your tooth. And the only way you can get in between your teeth is by either flossing or using incidental brushes and stuff. So if you're not flossing and incidental brushing on a regular basis, you're not cleaning your mouth effectively. But if I'm if I'm brushing on a regular basis with electric toothbrush, that's not no. Is you're turning your head? Oh my goodness, you're worrying me now. Doesn't get, doesn't I have got quite lazy, Stuart. I will admit, I have got quite lazy <laughs> got flossing. It. It'd be great if they developed a toothbrush that got in between your teeth and did it all. But until it? they do, you you still got to do it. Oh, okay, okay. Then now I'm cringing just, again. Now yeah. I'm cringing again. Now. Okay, so before we go, simple tips for a healthy mouth. What to avoid or, or keep to a minimum for a healthy, healthy teeth and gums? Everything. When it comes to diet, because that's the first thing, everything in moderation. I'm not one of these that tells everyone you, you can't do this, you can't do that. 
you've got to be realistic. But if you're eating sweets regularly and things like that, you know, you're asking for trouble is the bottom line. You know, if you have, if you have sweets every now and again, it's fine. Okay. Brushing, you know, use a fluoride toothpaste. All dentists will, will say to use a fluoride toothpaste. Um, do that twice a day. Floss. Floss, yes. Or incidental Which floss brush. floss? <laughs> yeah, you can do that as well if you want. If you want to do that. Um, so, yeah, you've got to do that on a regular basis. So twice a day doing that. And basically trying to keep yourself just generally fit and well. There's more and more studies now with links between the mouth and the rest of the body. And yeah. why they've never thought that they're not linked, I'll never know. But um, yeah, there's there are actually some quite interesting studies keep coming out about the you know the health of your body and your mouth and vice versa, how your mouth can impact on your body and how your body can impact on your mouth. So it uh, it makes sense to look after both, really. Yeah, so connected, <clears throat> isn't it? And of course, dentistry has changed so much over the years. New things coming out all the time. What do you expect for the future? Are we going to have robotic dentists? Yeah, supposedly there has been uh, a filling done by a robot. Ah, what a human. I think think it might be over in China or Japan or something. I mean, I don't know if I'd trust a robot doing anything on me, to be perfectly honest. Well, you'd have to remain completely still so the robot knew which is... This is is what I mean. There's there's too many variables that I don't see how a robot could factor it all in. And if a patient was to sort of i don't know need to sit up and spit how does the, I, I don't I, there's lots of these questions that I, yeah i know yeah how do you know if you're numb or if you're feeling it and stuff i don't know yeah it's, no. yeah there's all these questions that need but something that is coming out more and more now are 3d scanners oh i'd love that as you know <laughs> 3d scanners are coming in now um and i think one day for the people that have dentures i think one day you'll stick your head in a computer and they'll be out the other end wow that's sort of it's going that way now already um you can you can actually scan um for doing crowns and stuff like that to to communicate with certain laboratories now you don't have to take any impressions you can actually scan the teeth and send a digital (laughs) impression down the internet to the lab and they will get a digital impression there and they will make a crown off that again this is all relatively new and there's lots and lots of companies looking at all this now and the longer it goes on the more companies that will do it and the price of it all will come down so it'll become i think one day it might be a regular thing where you know you don't you don't tend to take impressions and you do a lot of these things will be done uh, via the internet you'll just send things digitally down there and you, you might even get a crown next day or something i don't know it's 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 quite uh, it's quite interesting with some of the some wow. of the technology out there it's fascinating i love it i do i think it's great i can imagine so i know you just brushed over dentures which we didn't talk about <laughs> but do you find that less and less people are requiring that now because of the treatments available yeah yeah, yeah. i don't i don't i think there's uh, i'm not sure about all dental schools but i think some dental schools don't don't even teach full uh, full dentures anymore as in right. full fulls, as in people who've got no teeth whatsoever. Because yeah, yeah. I, I think I think a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time I made a full set of dentures. To be honest, um, I've got some patients that need it, but I think all the all the sort of patients coming up now, the sort of sixties and seventies and stuff. You're right; they've still got their own teeth, and they've got other issues and stuff. But they they're keeping their teeth. Yeah, yeah, well, that's really good to hear. Yeah, isn't dentures it? Really aren't, to hear. yeah, dentures aren't needed needed as much. 
And one Which more thing, one more, I, keep, I keep saying this, one more thing, one more thing. Let's talk about Denplan and what the benefits are. Denplan is a way of funding your sort of private dentistry in a way that is convenient and, you know, you pay every single month. There's different levels of Denplan, so you've got essential levels of care and you've got um, levels of care where you will get your minimal intervention and things like and I've already explained and that is all yeah. included in your monthly fee so the beauty of that is that when you see patients regularly on Denplan if they need certain small sort of routine things doing say they need a little filling or they need they need say a silver filling changed to a white one because there's a crack in the fillet in the tooth or something like that those sort of things can be done patient doesn't necessarily pay any more because they're paying into that scheme yeah. And you can keep the patient healthy in a minimal kind of way so that you're not having to do all the invasive crowns, things like that, which if you'd leave certain things, I mean, dentistry is quite expensive. I'm not going to lie there. You know, a lot of things are really, really quite expensive. Even white fillings get quite expensive. But if you're paying into that scheme and you know that if there's something which needs perhaps a little a little intervention now, which would be a, a maybe, I don't know, 100, 100 or so, so pounds, yeah to save you having to spend i don't know six or seven hundred pounds on a crown somewhere in the future you can do it and you won't actually see the financial implicated you know what I'm, I'm yeah kind of yeah because yeah because the people are already aren't they so it's a look at the door yeah, whether you use it or not um, yeah and I, I always i always like to try and sort of say you know it's value value for money you know you, you can leave things and then you can do the big treatments but patients don't want the big treatments for you for example you don't you obviously don't like it I don't if, if I could do, if, if I could do something that took me half an hour to make your tooth better or That's wait too long bit, Stuart well all right <laughs> three minutes or, you've got you've got three minutes to do we, a root canal or or we do something like I don't know in a year or two that takes an hour and a half and it's going to cost you even more money somewhere down the line yeah, you would time. every single patient out there would want the simple fix yeah so you know braces going back to the braces are they covered mm -hmm. under Demplan? is that something else outside no that's that's yeah. classed as a because it's not not an essential it's not, thing. It's not health it's not oh, health yeah, really yeah. Yeah. when it comes to um you can have a tooth in the wrong place and it still be healthy if you know what i mean yeah. well stuart even though i'm petrified of coming even for checkup as you know but yeah no it's been great talking to you <coughs> pleasure as always thanks for coming on and yeah i need to make an appointment i think for us all very soon i will see you soon you've been listening to an appetite for life sponsored by daybank house dental practice where happiness starts with a smile if you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show then you can contact me via my social media pages karen kelly podcasts or send an email to Karen and to Kelly at btinternet.com.